of Plainholm in the town of Litchfield, Connecticut, was born June 14, 1811, Harriet Beecher Stowe. The house was well-nigh full of little ones before her coming. Her father, Reverend Lyman Beecher, a man of remarkable mind and sunshiny heart, was preaching earnest sermons in his own and in all the neighboring towns, on the munificent salary of $500 a year. Her mother, Roxana Beecher, was a woman whose beautiful life had been an inspiration to thousands. With an education superior for those times, she came into the home of the young minister with a strength of mind and heart that made her his companion and reliance. There were no carpets on the floors till the girl-wife laid down a piece of cotton cloth on the parlor, and painted it in oils, with the border and bunch of roses and other flowers in the center. When one of the good deacons came to visit them, the preacher said, "'Walk in, deacon, walk in.' "'Why, I can't,' said he, "'thout stepping on't,' then he exclaimed in admiration. "'Do you think you can have all that in heaven, too?' So meager was the salary for the increasing household that Roxana urged that a select school be started, and in this she taught French, drawing, painting, and embroidery, besides the higher English branches. With all this work she found time to make herself the idol of her children. While Henry Ward hung round her neck, she made dolls for little Harriet, and read to them from Walter Scott and Washington Irving. These were enchanting days for the enthusiastic girl with brown curls and blue eyes, She roamed over the meadows and through the forest, gathering wild flowers in spring and nuts in the fall. Being educated, as she afterwards said, first and foremost by nature, wonderful, beautiful, ever-changing as she is in that cloudland Litchfield. There were the crisp apples of the pink azalea, honeysuckle apples we called them. There were scarlet wintergreen berries. There were pink shell blossoms of trailing arbutus and feathers of ground pine. There were blue and white and yellow violets and crow's foot and bloodroot and wild anemone and other quaint forest treasures. A single incident told by herself in later years will show the frolic-loving spirit of the girl and the gentleness of Roxana Beecher. Mother was an enthusiastic horticulturalist in the small ways that limited means allowed. Her brother John in New York had just sent her a small parcel of fine tulips. I remember rummaging these out of an obscure corner of the nursery one day when she was gone out and being strongly seized with the idea that they were good to eat and using all the little English I then possessed to persuade my brothers that these were onions, such as grown people ate, and would be very nice for us. So we fell to devour the whole, and I recollect being somewhat disappointed in the odd Swedish taste, and thinking that onions were not as nice as I had supposed. Then Mother Serene Face appeared at the nursery door, and we all ran toward her, and with one voice began to tell our discovery and achievement. We had found this bag of onions, and had eaten them all up. There was not even a momentary expression of impatience, but she sat down and said, My dear children, what you have done makes Mama very sorry. Those were not onion roots, but roots of beautiful flowers. And if you had let them alone, Ma would have had next summer in the garden great beautiful red and yellow flowers such as you never saw. I remember how drooping and disappointed we all grew at this picture, and how sadly we regarded the empty paper bag. When Harriet was five years old, a deep shadow fell upon the happy household. Eight little children were gathered round the bedside of the dying mother. When they cried and sobbed, she told them with inexpressible sweetness that God could do more for them than she had ever done or could do, and that they must trust Him, and urged her six sons to become ministers of the gospel. When her heartbroken husband repeated to her the verse, You are now come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect.
and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant.